along with Joe Atkins, I am Colby Daniels. Two games into this playoff series, Oklahoma City and the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets have taken the first two games in pretty dominant fashion. I think if you're a Thunder fan, Joe, maybe there were some things that you could have hung your hat on after game one, hoping that would maybe improve in game number two. I think you got to feel pretty devastated after game two where... You still don't have Russell Westbrook for the Houston Rockets. James Harden had a, a terrible game from his standard, and uh, he finishes negative one in the plus-minus column anyway, and you still get run over by this Houston team. Thunder are in trouble right now. Yeah, they're, they're reeling a little bit. And, you know, it was this game was a little weird based on what we saw the other night because they, again— um, started by going inside to Steven Adams, but they started it out a little differently in which we talked about that. Maybe they need to start him on the move and get him and work his way to the low post. And he got a little deeper and he had a, he got a layup and then he had a dunk. So he had got off to a good start. He goes four for four in the first half. Um, not really dominant, but when he's getting it, he his presence is felt. He, it's okay. Um, you know, the team is not they're going back and forth they kind of in the second quarter it appeared that they had figured some things out and got a lot of better defensively but I thought um two stretches in the game really cost Oklahoma see this game and, and it was um twice in throughout the game once in the, the first half and once in the second half they went six minutes each time without scoring that's an entire quarter so you're not gonna beat a team like Houston a team where you you should be able to score, at least get to the foul line or get an offensive rebound or, or something where you go 12 minutes without scoring. They're, they're just too good offensively now, and that's too much pressure on Oklahoma City considering the roster and how they're built that um, it's going to be too much to overcome. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I'll go back to the thing that you mentioned first and foremost after the game one loss, and, and that was Chris Paul. And you made the comment, if Chris Paul doesn't play well, this team has no chance to beat the Houston Rockets. Chris Paul was pretty dreadful for, for a good portion of this game. The plus-minus column, Joe, is pretty staggering today. He was minus 36 in this game. As long as he was on the floor, they got completely dominated. And, and there were times in those stretches, I think you're talking about, where... Chris Paul's on the floor. You, you can't have stretches like that when the quarterback of your offense is on the court and you're not getting anything. Yeah, and, and it wasn't just he couldn't get shots for himself. Um, they didn't really get quality shots, and I think that's important in this series because you can get quality shots. And then when they did get a the few times they did, um, they didn't capitalize. They didn't make them. Um, they didn't shoot it well from the field all night, but they they did have some some bright spots. Although they're probably they're, they're not they have to be a little down, but there were some bright spots where you feel. I think they they could be in trouble. They're not going to win the series. I think we know that, but I, I think we saw enough to say I don't think it's a sweep. I think this next game is very important for that um, because we may Russ may come back because if you're Houston. Maybe you wait till it's Rio and just get him a little bit of play, and and then you try to go ahead. Or do you say, you know what? Let's try to get it get it over with, and and you bring him back. But I don't think it should be a rush right now if you're them. Um, you did. I mean, if you're Oklahoma City, you probably want Russell Westbrook to come back, right? Maybe he's the thing that disrupts all the offensive chemistry they have going right now because all of those role players right now are shooting the ball extremely well. James Harden didn't play well offensively today, but everybody else kind of picked up the pace, and, and maybe you add Russell Westbrook to that, and that, that 
throws everybody else off. I don't know. If you're the Thunder, though, um, certainly when you have to be discouraged that Russell Westbrook hasn't played. James Harden played pretty bad for his standards today, and you still fell short by quite a bit. Yeah, and, and the score probably doesn't indicate how, how close the game really was. But I would say, no, you don't want to see Russ because if you can't keep Eric Gordon in front of you, <laughs> you're not yeah. Russ in front of you. So I'm going to say the problem Oklahoma City has is still the same. They're not keeping the guy out of the paint. They're getting beat off the dribble. They were better defensively today in spurts, but they just weren't good enough. You, you're going to have to keep that ball in front of you and because they chose to help at the rim and give up three-point shots. Well, Houston has made those shots. Role players have made it. So – Unless Oklahoma City, you see a little bit of change in how they're going to defend, and it's hard the way Houston's attacks you for Oklahoma City to actually change a lot of what they're going to do. But they're just going to have to be better individually. And um, that those guys have to look at themselves. I thought Dort was phenomenal against James. So you, you feel that you have a guy that you can at least keep James under control. Of course, he's a great player. He could go for 50 because if he gets hot, there's yeah. nothing Dort could do. But I thought physically – Dort looked really good, and and I, I didn't realize until really today, man, for him to be as big as he is, he has great lateral quickness. Yeah. And for most guys that James Harden he lives in the paint, he didn't get to the paint as often or near as easy as we've seen him play not only the other night, but just against around the NBA. I mean, it's hard for guys to keep him in front. And I thought Dort did a phenomenal job. James did get to the line a little, but I thought for the most part, if you can get an effort like that, you give yourself an opportunity because I didn't expect him to be that good. But um, I think just offensively, you have to be better as well, Kobe. I think some of this, we, we say Oklahoma City is a defensive team, but good offense beats good defense every time. And we know Houston may be better offensively than Oklahoma City actually is defensively. And we're kind of seeing that, and yeah. it could be because of the style of play. But I think if Oklahoma City, they have to be more efficient. You have to score baskets and just put pressure because the three-pointers matter when you miss. Because, man, they're gaining three points. But if they're only gaining one, if you get ahead of them, you put pressure on those guys now to where they have to make those shots. Oklahoma City hadn't really been able to get a lead and um, in any, even in the second half, at, at a time to where you would see maybe those role players that are feeling not feeling any pressure, where may, you may make them some. Houston hadn't felt any pressure in this series yet. And if Oklahoma City, they, if they can't put any pressure and try to force those other guys to maybe get a little nervous, what you're banking on, because that's what uh, Houston is doing defensively, forcing, trying to make those other guys beat them, um, then Oklahoma City is going to be in trouble. Yeah. Let me hit on the Dort thing real quick because going back to last week when we started previewing this series, I made the statement, and, and I, I got a little bit of blowback for it. I said, I think in this specific matchup against Houston, Lou Dort is more valuable to the Thunder against the Rockets than Russell Westbrook is valuable to the Rockets against the Thunder. I felt like the Rockets were still going to be able to kind of do what they wanted to do in this series, whether they had Russ or not. They're just going to obviously be able to do it at a much higher level if Russell Westbrook's available. 
Lou Dort, from a physicality standpoint, is really the only guy that has a prayer to slow down James Harden. I think we saw very quickly in game one, Andre Robertson is not the answer for James Harden in this series. So Lou, Lou Dort's value, I think, tonight was absolutely shown when you saw what Oklahoma City was able to accomplish in game one, what they were able to accomplish on James Harden specifically in game number two. The second part of this, and, and this kind of goes into what you're talking about as far as the Thunder offense goes, we both made this point. I, people, I think, for years have just kind of taken it for granted that the Houston Rockets don't play defense. They're not good defensively. And if you're not watching them, that's probably the impression that you've just always had. And so you just go into a series blindly saying they don't play good defense. And we both made the point they're pl- they were playing much better defense before this series started. You and I both noticed that they were improved defensively going into this series. So I know a lot of people are watching this series and, and saying, that Houston is better defensively now and that they're hungrier or they want it more and they're playing with more desperation defensively. I, maybe the, maybe some of that is true, but I, I think you're only making that statement if you didn't recognize the defensive improvement they had made before the series started. And, and I, that's accounting for some of the Thunder struggles. I'm not saying that they're, they're shut down defensively necessarily, but I think that is a part of... Of, of what the Thunder are experiencing right now. You have to credit Houston for what they've done defensively in two games. Yeah, and the, the what Houston has done is what they're executing the game plan that Oklahoma City is trying to. Yeah. Trying to. I mean, they're getting there, not letting, they're not getting beat off the dribble, giving up a lot of layups, which Oklahoma City has done. And when they've been beat, and I, we talked about this, and I, I tried to kind of emphasize it that Houston is more predicated to help on Oklahoma City's drives because they want guys like Dort. They yeah. want other guys, Baisley. They want Diallo. They want Rob, Robinson. They want those guys taking those shots. You saw for in the second half, Dort literally – three straight possessions, they left him so old. They were 10 feet away from him, and no one closed out. He made them. So you know as an offensive player, you got to be confident and be ready because they're going to make you kick the ball. When Chris drives, Shay, they're not going to let him get all the way to the rim. And that's what Houston's done because they can stay in help where with Oklahoma City, you know you have to close out because they're just so much better shooters. So the personnel is giving Oklahoma City problems more than maybe the style because even when they help and make the good help like they're supposed to, like Houston is doing and they force the pass, when you close out, that guy's not able to keep him in front. So now maybe the initial drive, they don't get beat, but on the kickout, they're getting beat. No matter what, they're giving up that paint now you're getting what you have to rotate and guys are just wide open because it's just too tough because the ball is moving too quick. You mentioned Oklahoma City in spurts playing better and they had that those two six-minute stretches where they, they pretty much got nothing. But, um, I mean, there was a point in, in the first half and in the second half where offensively they got things rolling. Give me your perspective on this because I don't know that I necessarily saw anything different. I just kind of felt like shots were going down. We talked about how I think in game number one, offensively, it just kind of looked like everyone was standing there watching the game. They weren't participating in the game. They were watching the game if they didn't have the ball. I still felt like I saw a lot of that tonight. I just thought maybe for stretches they shot the ball better. Yeah, they they made they did make a few more shots. I thought Shea was much more aggressive. I mean, Shea, I think Shea definitely was more aggressive, he, yeah. 
he was definitely more he had taken the more shots in the first half than he had taken in the entire game the other night. So he, he was definitely gonna be more aggressive. Um I thought maybe he settled a little bit, but that's the shot Houston's giving him. He's a, he's improved shooting. I mean, it's hard because I know Coach Donovan doesn't want to take his confidence, and I heard him talking in the pregame where he had spoke about he wanted him to go ahead and take that three-point shot and be confident, but he's still so much better when he's creating plays for others. So you want to be a mixture of both, but they need him to be better. Um, Chris is going to have to be better. Um, I mean, that's that's the number one item on, on the list, right? Yeah, I mean, the top three offensive players are the three-guard lineup. And that lineup, all season long in the regular season, those minutes when they won the floor together, they won those matchups versus, versus the other guard. And in this series, they've been dominated. And if those three guards are going to get outplayed by those other, by the other team, Oklahoma City really doesn't have a chance because when you talk about the roster, you know Houston brings more firepower to the front. Yeah. Here's the other thing you have to credit Houston with in this series, the fact that obviously they haven't allowed Steven Adams to take advantage of the size mismatch uh, when he's in the ballgame, or Nerlens Noel for that matter, if, if he's in the ballgame. That, that has not hurt Houston one bit on the defensive side of the floor. But we talked about this after game one as well. The rebounding situation. I mean, Houston's done a great job of not allowing Oklahoma City, despite the Thunder most of the time having a bigger lineup, to get second and third opportunities offensively. Well, how many offensive rebounds do they have today? Eight? Eight total? I that, believe so. Yeah, I mean, you have a decided size advantage, and Houston is not allowing you, even, even when you're not shooting the ball well and there are plenty of opportunities, Houston's not allowing you to get second-chance opportunities. No, and, and when they have, they haven't really capitalized. Um, and a lot of that is because, you know, the possessions when Oklahoma City, you know, when for now the, 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 the trend is when you offensive rebound, no matter what, bigs, they're just smack it out. Yeah. And they just hit out to their guard. Yeah. Well, against Houston, I'd much rather them grab that and put that back in the basket because there's no one down there that right. can cover them. But, I mean, it's just habit. It's just what they do. And I'm not saying that's the reason and sole reason, but when you do that in this series, then you're actually loading you, letting load up again defensively against you. And that's been the biggest thing is when Houston's able to load up on them and, and the ball gets on the side. And Dan Gundy really broke that down today in the game. Where when Oklahoma City, when the ball is in the middle of the of the floor, they're so much better offensively versus when the ball gets to the wing because you're able to load up and put the ball on one side. And when you talk about defense, most great coaches they want the ball out of the center of the floor because it's too much pressure on everyone to help. Well, put the ball on the side, it allocates guys and knowing what they have to do and where you're going to rotate. And Oklahoma City hadn't been able to really figure out how they're going to attack that. And it's not really how they're going to attack. They need those main guys taking the majority of the shots. And that hasn't really been there because other guys are having to take the shot because Houston is forcing Oklahoma City to make those kicks to those guys. What do you do with Steven Adams in game three? Is I mean, are we, are we at the point where you've got to really limit his minutes. I, I, I don't see the value in him playing 30-plus minutes in this matchup. I know you want to have him on the floor. You're not going to just 
not play him at all. But I think when you start looking at, at when he's on the floor and what he's actually contributing versus what you're losing, I, I don't know that 30 minutes is – I mean, 30 minutes I think is maybe way too much. I'm, I mean, he was four for four in the first half. He doesn't get another shot. I, I think – you can't let him go. If he's going to be on the floor and he's four for four, you got to let him get a couple touches and find a way to get him the ball. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that him not getting another shot attempt when he's shooting a hundred percent. I mean, for big in this series, I mean, he's got to be able to find a shot somewhere, whether it be an offensive rebound, but yeah. someone's got to make a play. But for that, him. That, yeah, that's my point though, is, is again, if you're not taking advantage of him and, and if he's not making plays, you know, either way, I, I don't understand the point because I think you're losing more on the other end. Yeah, and, and you're right. I know exactly. I mean, yeah. and I, I understand that. But, I man, I, I like him on the floor offensively because he can keep those balls alive and it could give us more possessions. But as you're saying, because the defense has been so – Houston's been so good defensively, those possessions don't even matter because yeah. they're still not scored. He had three so, of those today. So, yeah, and yeah. then you're saying, okay, well, they're still running back on them. They're getting threes. You may as well at least be back fast enough where you can get back and match up and just play play different guys. I think you may see Billy Donovan try that because he's always been a guy in the playoffs that, that will do different things. So I think now we're going to see that at some point. I think those minutes do come down unless he establishes himself early in the game to where he's going to be dominant and they feel they can get a lot of points in the paint and maybe we do see a lot less of him for the rest of the series. Or or do you do you see more Nerlens Noel potentially? Um you know, Nerlens he he's a little better on the floor moving, I mean on the perimeter, but again, if he helps once they kick that yeah. ball out, he's not able to close it. Yeah. So I, if if you're going to play small, I say just play small. I mean, let's see Baisley and Gallinari at the 4 and 5. I mean, you can even play Andre Robertson in because he's going to give you at least some size. Now, he's going to give up some offensively. He could be a problem, but at least you have another guy who's able to defend when they close out on that kick, and you know he can move his feet. Now, he may can't cover James as well as he used, but you have a guy for that now. <laughs> but there are some other guys that he can probably get to and have some success because he does have length. And Oklahoma City loves that, but I think we're going to see some different lineup. I, I heard somebody, a, a national uh, sports guy, saying this week that Houston might be playing the best basketball in the NBA right now, or at least maybe the Western Conference. Um, I, I don't know how much I'm buying into that because I think in this matchup, the Thunder have just failed so miserably in terms of trying to match up with that small lineup. There are certainly other teams in the Western Conference that could do that way easier and and probably it would look a lot prettier uh than than okc but your thoughts on on how well houston is playing are they just playing that well or is this a, a lot of of you know i guess matchup issues well i think i we we talked about going into the playoffs i thought they were playing much better they had kind of figured out the style and guys knew their roles and guys were it seemed comfortable in their roles um I think this they they have become much better defensively, but I think Oklahoma City, with personnel, has helped them become more effective defensively. And Oklahoma City hadn't hit hit open shots. I mean, they're taking them. If they make those shots, then Houston's not as good defensively. 
but they're willing to say, you know what? You can not only do you have to make one, you're gonna have to make another. Then you're gonna have to make another. Then you're gonna have to make another. And I don't think we think we Oklahoma City has that many guys that can hit six threes in a game or seven threes where Houston has about five guys that can get hot and do that. Um, so it, it's just going to be Oklahoma City. I, I'm not a – I think they should just continue to attack, attack the paint and, and take your twos, but they're just not a very good three-point shooting team when it boils down to it unless certain guys are shooting. And I'm like – let, let's just attack the pain because Houston missed a lot of threes as well. Yeah. You got to capitalize on some of those possessions, Kobe. They were 10 for 35 in the first half, and, and making 10 threes is a lot. You don't yeah, I mean, they, they had a long stretch where they missed, what, like double-digit three-point attempts at one point, right? Yeah, oh, but yeah, Oklahoma like City. Like 12 or 13 or, yeah. Control. Yeah, and now Oklahoma City goes on the run, and that's why they go into the half with the lead. They go in with a six-point lead. Playing well, all the momentum. They come out to start the half. The first five minutes, they're down 14 to 2. Houston's on a 14 2 run. And next thing you know, Oklahoma City's going six minutes without scoring. Yeah. And Houston, not that they're just scoring every time, but if I can if I just score every three possessions, I mean I'm gonna get be ahead ten more points. And most so, of those are probably threes anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So now you're talking twelve points, you know, so it, it it wasn't really Oklahoma City I thought there was some brighter moments and part of that was because James weren't, didn't play as well and I, I don't know if Dork can do that good a job again but I thought <laughs> it was definitely phenomenal yeah. his defense but if he can they're going to have to capitalize offensively because at some point they still have another guy that they have in the chamber that they haven't even used yet so, yeah Oklahoma got to solve this problem first before they have to even worry about it. Yeah. They had a one-point lead going into the fourth quarter and just completely dominated in the final 12 minutes. Um, look, I, I, I said this at the top. You have a game where Lou Dort comes back. He plays a, a terrific ball game. James Harden looked as average as, as James Harden can possibly look in a game. James Harden's plus-minus was actually on the negative side of things, and you still lose by, what, 13 points to the Houston mm-hmm. Rockets to me I mean that's if, if you're not winning in in that one game that you may get James Harden to play that way I, I don't think you're winning a game but so now I mean hell Kobe I mean what are you talking about they don't have to they don't need Westbrook or or James to win <laughs> right I mean, hey give them a break let I Jeff mean, Green I carry mean, you to a championship they don't, they don't even need those two <laughs> right now so I mean, if you're going to argue they don't need Russell, they were. I mean, they were better without James. Yeah, and they were tonight. That's how they came back in the game at the end of the at the end of the third quarter. They made the run. He was on the bench, and then he comes in. They're ahead by six. Yeah. So now the pressure's not on him anymore. Right, and then he hit he some big shots after that. Yeah. Now he can play as a decoy and make Oklahoma Oklahoma City have to account for him with multiple guys. And he's letting other guys do their thing because Oklahoma City's not putting enough pressure on them offensively to force them to have to do other things. So I don't think you're going to stop Houston. So the really the thing that we're going to stop them, you're going to have to be better offensively, and that's going to have to help your defense. And part of being that is making shots. Oklahoma City's got to make more shots. Yeah. 
And and those three guards have to have to create better shots, right? Not just for themselves, but for everybody. I mean, you have th- essentially three point guards on the floor, and and I think through two games, it's fair to say that all three of those guys have have not looked good. Shea was much better no. tonight than he was in game one for sure, but it still wasn't a great performance. No, they they haven't played well, and and not only have they struggled shooting, they struggled defensively. I mean, yeah. they lost. Their matchups versus the their other guy, the guy they're going at it with, their matchup. And Chris Paul, he's going against the guy in Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon, I mean, he's been the second best player in the series. I mean, behind uh, James Harden. So Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City right now, they're going to have to find a way to get the, these guards under control. And not only – they got they can't be beat off the dribble. And I, I don't know how you solve that issue because Houston's so good defensively. But, I mean – they're going to have to be better. And uh, right now, we we don't have a lot of answers, and, and I'm sure they're struggling to find them. But like, as I said, I, I don't think they're completely dead, but they're definitely wounded. I heard J.J. Reddick say that as soon as, as they lost their last game, they were basically notified immediately, like, you need to go pack your bags and leave the bubble. Like, it was almost like a game show type thing where, like, okay, your time is up. Get out. Wonder if the yeah. NBA is uh, starting to type up those letters to OKC after today. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're typing the letters yet, but they uh, probably notified the pilots yeah. that that their team, uh, you know, by the weekend, <laughs> that won't be here yeah. or early this week if Oklahoma City doesn't doesn't get it together. But um, as you said, this was a tough game when you look at the deficit of how Oklahoma City lose by thirteen points. When you said so many things didn't go well. Offensively, but they're just finding other guys again. They put eight guys, Kobe. Seven guys were in double digits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if everybody's going, that's a hell of boy. They're having a lot of fun. I mean, everybody's getting touches. Everybody's scoring. I mean, they're feeling really good. And Ben so Mclemore hit a couple threes. I mean, it's not like he was invisible. Yeah, and and he hit a couple threes. He yeah. only played fourteen minutes because right. those other guys were playing. He's been playing a lot of minutes. Because Jeff Green and guys and Eric Gordon had had been playing, so he was getting multiple minutes. And you know the other the uh, in game one he shot it really well, but when other guys were playing well, and that's the thing, then Tony just lets those guys play. And I think that's why it's fun. I think when those guys know they have it going offensively, which is completely opposite from every other team in the league, yeah. where playing time is predicated <laughs> on what you're doing offensively, rather than what you're doing defensively. So that's got to be a fun system be, to be a part of. Hey, let's uh, real quick talk about upset alert in the NBA. Uh, the The Clippers didn't look great against Dallas in game one, but got the victory late. They lose game two. We saw the Lakers give it up to Portland the other night. Uh, Milwaukee lost to Orlando. It kind of looks like, uh, just paying a little bit of attention during this, that, that Milwaukee's kind of controlling Orlando in the early stages of, of game two of that series. But are you are you concerned at all about the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Bucks advancing at this point? If I'm concerned, I'm still more concerned with the Lakers because Portland has more experience and firepower. Um, And they're kind of doing the same thing defensively. They're taking the same principle that Houston is. They're going to load up. And force LeBron, I mean, although he had 23, he had a monster game, he's going to have to get 40 because he's going to have to impose his will and lower his head 
and pound those little guys because they're right. putting their bodies and loading that lane, making them kick it out, and those guys aren't making shots. Um, the Clippers, Luke is just really fucking good. <laughs> like, wow. He's like that. He is like yeah. that. And, and I, I knew he was cold, but the way he's handling his bids against this team, because they have the best three perimeter players yeah. possibly in the league all together. And he's giving work to yeah. whoever wants Kawhi, it. Paul George, Pat Bev. Yeah, whoever wants it. They know. Yo, Luca's like that. And and they just had other guys playing well. And and you know, Porzingis has been hey. Yeah. Porzingis has hey, been really, really good. My dude Trey Burke, who I loved coming out of Michigan, hasn't yeah. really done anything in his career, and all of a sudden he gets in the bubble and looks like an all-star. Both Michigan boys, Hardaway's yeah. playing well. Yeah. Like Dallas has a, a a poor man's fun makeup of of a good, really, really good team. They don't have a lot of just known known guys. Like you have to know college basketball, but they have some good players. It's not like they're going out there with chopped liver. And they're young, and they got some fight. And, and let's face it, Rick Carlisle over the past decade, arguably has been people have said he's the best coach in the league, and that's even better than Pop. Some say he think he's better than Pop. I think that within itself speaks for how good he is as a coach. I think anytime you have a team, no matter his roster or youth or older guys, he finds a ways to yep. get his team playoffs and always play well. I, uh, I I was really excited to see Portland get in, and we talked about this last week. I, I thought that Portland was going to give the Lakers everything they want in this series. Uh, I, I said it wouldn't surprise me if they win the series. It, it, here's the thing with LeBron James that drives me insane, and this is also why I think anytime the LeBron-Jordan debate comes up, I have such an issue with it. How many did LeBron score in game one? What was uh, it? 23. 23. There's nothing wrong with 23, and, and all the other numbers were good as well. I mean, the assist numbers were good. Yeah, like, he had a hell of a ball game. The problem is, we know what the, the answer is against this Portland defense. It's LeBron just going and getting buckets. Like, that's at some point, you've got to become that guy because you know they don't have an answer. And, and the LeBron apologists always say, well, he could go get 40 anytime he wants to. What's it going to take for him to want to? Getting down 3-0? Like, this is one of those series where LeBron doesn't need to be that dude for 48 minutes. There's a portion of the game that he needs to take that game over and go get in the lane, and he doesn't do it. And it just, I don't know why, but for some reason, there's just a failure there in that department, it seems like, over and over. Nobody can prevent him from getting easy buckets in this series. Well, tonight, you'll, you'll see it. I mean, LeBron has always been one of those. I mean, he'll bounce back tonight. Yeah, yeah. You'll see him be much more assertive and trying to get to the basket and do some of the things that we're talking about because he can. They can't get down too old to point. Yeah, they're not coming back. They would smell blood. And this game is the most important game. Hey, LeBron and AD. If they get this is a big game for the Lakers. Yeah. Say, and what they're going to do in this future because yeah. hey, if you can't be now, well, they, they're always going to keep getting better. They're not old. So, there's, other, there's some other teams. So it's going to be very interesting and I expect like, it to bounce back. But I expect it to be a hell of a game again and important to be right there. And if it's close enough and it comes down to 
both teams having three straight possessions, as well as Dame Slade, I might I might bet on Dame, even though we know LeBron, he can lower his head and make those buckets. Yeah. But Kobe. Damian Lillard's the best player in the NBA right now. As we to, speak today, as we speak today, today Damian yes. Lillard is no question the yeah. best player in the league. Period. Yeah. No hands that I'm, it's not close. It, I mean, <laughs> but listen, and and I wanted to find us. I was hoping we was gonna find a way to talking about this. Okay. Listen, Damian Lillard, the other night, literally. He did it twice. He comes off a pick and roll at 40 feet. And a guy goes under a screen, which you're, everybody is taught to do. <laughs> yeah. Because he's almost at half court and he fucking pulls up and with no hesitation and a straight jump shot. No chunking it, just straight follow through. Down one with three minutes to go in the game and it's ice and like nobody says it when he misses like nobody no says conscience it. at all yeah like that's like you like okay. dude I, ex- ever, I expect those to go in every time he's shooting them now exactly it is it's crazy that he comes off a down screen yeah. from like 35 feet in turn, like that's never been done in the league logo Lillard Finish. like he gets to the logo and you have to pick him up you have to pick them up. Not only, you know, every once in a while, Steph will do that. And I tell people, like, yeah, Steph has had some phenomenal shots. But I can make it from Dame's range. So if I'm hot, I can shoot it from that far. But I can't necessarily say I'm going to bank on it and bet yeah, on it. Right. That's what, on that shot. Like, he's shooting He's it taking way. those in clutch situations, yeah. Yes, he's, he's – listen. He's made 68 three-pointers this year, but from 30 to 40 feet. Steph has only made 68 in his entire career. <laughs> so when you talk about, now I'm not saying Damon's a better shooter than Steph. He's not. Because when you just come to the line, the closer they get, I mean, Steph is just, man, he, he can go so long without missing. But when you talk about the variety of shooting, though, and how why you get game shots, really, clutch shots, game shots, clutch shots, and he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off the catch. It's so just effortless that he can shoot. Oh, that's hard, man. People don't understand how hard that is. <laughs> I know. Guys in the NBA, a lot of guys can't even jump from right there and hit the rim, let alone make it at forty percent. He's shooting a percentage that we would accept from the regular three-point line yeah. from the entire NBA. If you shoot 40%, you're a great shooter. He's shooting that from 40%. That is crazy to me. That makes you unstoppable. Yeah. Because that is nothing a defense can do. Because no matter what, he's so good off the dribble, you can't get close to him. Yeah. Because he's nobody. Yeah, right. He's a problem. He is a problem. He's the best player in the league, right? Best player hands down in the world right now is Dame Lillard. And that's scary because he's a killer. He's going for the gusto tonight. Make no mistake. 
just like LeBron understands the moment and I was talking about, Dane Lillard understands the moment. And that may be even yep. more scary. That game ended, and I, I think I just simply text you, Dame motherfucking Lillard. Because, like, that's all you got to <laughs> say. Good Lord. Dame Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I, I want to see... Uh, I, I want to see him continue the role, and, and obviously we expect the Lakers to, to show up in a big way tonight, so that should be a fun one. I was thinking about this, though. We had this conversation about Portland the other day and the fact that they're finally healthy and they've got all these pieces back that they didn't have. I completely forgot they're still missing Rodney Hood. Like, imagine yeah. what that team looks like if they have Rodney Hood as well in that rotation. Well, that, because That's a title-type team if you have that rotation healthy. And... and as good when you have the best player in the world, you're a title type well, yeah. team anyway. Yeah. That's I mean, make no mistake, but Hood, he would give him more size. And that's yeah. the reason the only reason that I think the Lakers probably win in seven is because LeBron I mean, Gary Trent is guarding him, dog. Like I couldn't believe the fact he was allowing Gary Trent to cover him. Yeah. Like at some point you just gotta look like, yo, stop playing. Right. Because that's disrespectful. Right. And it's no knock on Gary Trent. I thought he did a magnificent job, the best he could do. But, I mean, LeBron, I, I saw the LeBron fans today talking about, oh, 23, what, what do y'all expect? I expect 40, 40 15 when you got yeah. a 6'3 dude guarding you. Like, Gary Trent is a two-guard in the NBA. Period. That's right. the position he plays. There's no way he should be able to cover LeBron James. And here's the other thing. Not only do they not have a player that should be able to cover LeBron James, nobody from the Lakers is shooting the ball well. So, like, I, I get that he had 17 assists, but in, in in crucial possessions down the stretch, you think LeBron passing the ball to Alex Caruso is your best offensive option versus LeBron trying to take advantage of Gary Trent Jr.? Man, it, like, it's unbelievable. Sometimes you just I mean, got to be like, fuck you, I'm the best player, and I'm going to go get these buckets. And there are so many times that I feel like, for some reason, LeBron just won't, like, get that mentality. He, he doesn't do it. And, and and he'll do it, but he does it at the most opportune. I mean, it, it's like he's playing. Like, it, it's truly like he understands the whole drama game within the game. Where right. he's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to bring all eyes on this series. I'm going to hype everybody up, and then I'm going to bring, yeah. It's gonna, I'm going to let everybody, Dame's the best player in the world, and then I'm going to go for 45 and 20. You know, it's like, man, come on. And then, you know, we have to hear all the LeBron lovers that he's the greatest ever. And then it's like, man, that's why he's not, because he won't do that all the time. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> he so, picks the spots. I, I expect a huge night tonight, though. It, it, I expect his performance to be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, no mistake. I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, we can we can leave with this. If you are a fan of basketball and you are not going out of your way right now to watch Damian Lillard play the way that he's been playing the last two weeks, then you're not really a fan of basketball. Kobe, I recorded his game. <laughs> like, I'm going to rewatch Dame this whole, in the bubble. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this, this is, man. This, but I think the basketball just has just been phenomenal. It's been period. so good. I, it, it's been superb. And, and I mean, you know... The basketball is great, and it's kind of like a March Madness type format, which makes it even better. No yeah, no question. Yeah, I mean, every other day, so teams are. It, it's not those breaks. So 
we just all day basketball, man. And it's been really, really good, exceptional basketball. I mean, teams are playing at a high level. Uh, I mean, it's been extremely fun to watch for these uh, last four days. All right, we will uh, we will wrap it up with that. Game two of the Thunder Rocket series goes to Houston. 111-98 is the final. Thunder down two games to none in this series. Joe, do you have a final thought? I, I mean, if you're going to take away anything from this game as we look forward to game three, what is it for you? Well, I, I think Oklahoma City, you just have to – you got to think about – they got to go and focus on the positive possessions now. I mean, they, they've been – there's enough bad film offensively. I yeah. mean, you had another 12 minutes today. But for 36 minutes, let's look at the things we did well, and let's, this is what we need to focus on. And some of that is just going to be guys who you expect to make shots, to make shots and make plays. But I want the pressure on those guys. I want the pressure on Chris Paul because I know how he'll respond. I, I don't want it as much on Shea because he is a young guy. I don't – I don't. I want the – I want Schroeder. I want you to be better. You two got to take the lead because you're the oldest of those bunch. Shea will follow. He'll be okay. But for right now, you need those veterans to really step up Oklahoma City. Yeah, once again, 111-98 is the final. Houston with a two-game uh, lead in this series, 2-0. Game three on Saturday, and that is a 5 o'clock tip. Thunder I think, playing for their lives, essentially, uh, in this series. So we'll see how they respond to a, a pretty subpar fourth quarter tonight. That is Joe Atkins. I'm Colby Daniels. This is the OKC Basketball Team live stream.